Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Exert Breakthrough Lab podcast. Uh, today, I'm really excited to uh, be talking to you. We're going to be bringing up uh, something that's really new with Exert. Uh, we've only launched it uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we're really excited to, to get in depth with it today. Uh, as usual, I'm your host, Scott Steele, and I'm joined by Armando Mastracci. Hey, everyone. And Dr. Stephen Chung as well. Hey, everybody. Um, so we're going to be talking uh, in a little bit. We're going to be really talking about uh, head units uh, and bike computers and, and kind of uh, what we've used in the past. And then really, ultimately, this, this podcast is going to go into uh, really our brand new Exert EBC app. Uh, and so we're really going to be digging into uh, a lot of the new features, kind of what we had envisioned. Uh, when we set out to uh, to work on this new app uh, and kind of where we see it going from here. So it should be uh, a good discussion today. Now, before we get started, um, I was thinking maybe, Stephen, you could uh, maybe chat with us a little bit. I know you've been busy uh, on the uh, author front, so I was thinking maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you've been working on. Yeah, well, it's uh, just last week. I was very proud to open up a big box and see uh, my new book that just came out. It's the second edition of my advanced environmental exercise physiology textbook, which is really the first edition was really the dominant and the main one in the field, looking at all aspects of environments from heat and cold, which is kind of my bread and butter to altitude and, and microgravity, diving, pollution, chronobiology, and this second edition, or the first edition came out in 2010, and this edition is really a massive overhaul. So we went into a lot more environments, everything from free diving, of holding your breath, to uh, sex differences across environments, and also updated everything in all of the chapters. So it's, uh, it's always, this is my fourth book now, I've written these two and plus two cycling books, but opening up the box of books and seeing them for the first time never gets old. So it was a very proud moment and I've uh, been super happy with the results. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, congratulations to you. Uh, so that's very cool. Um, I was hoping uh, maybe Armando, you could also maybe give us a little update on, on how your recovery has been going. Um, I, I know you had uh, told our users that you had a, uh, little injury last fall and, and that you've been working on the recovery. So maybe share a little bit about um, kind of what you've been doing to help uh, you recover and, and really get some of that top end power uh, back. Cause I know you said uh, that's still where you felt a little uncomfortable. Yeah. So that's, you know, the, uh, this is a longer process uh, or long process, you know, probably longer than you would want to get yourself back to uh, back to where you were before but it's, uh, it's been pretty good. You know, I've been um, I was starting to do some pretty long rides. So I think up to about 110, 120K or whatever, that's 65, 70 kilometers, 70 miles or so to the uh, uh, folks in the U.S. Um, so it's, it's not too bad, you know, uh, and I can, I can certainly take on uh, longer rides. But it's, uh, it's really re when you're starting to hit some hills, <laughs> I think uh, I end up pretty sore at the very, at the very end of them and, you know, having to take my time to recover and, and unable to ride the next day, for example, if it gets too hard. So, but it's overall, it's pretty good. Um, you know, I, I, I'm enjoying riding. I'm enjoying, I'm not in pain when I ride and, uh, you know, just getting, uh, 
getting all the muscles to fire correctly, that's kind of a weird thing because you, you never really thought about it before. You kind of muscles do their own things. But now in recovery, some are weak, some are strong. You know, you got your right leg is doing more work than your left leg and you're creating all these imbalances. So it's a, it's a little bit of a harder process to kind of manage all of the, you know, uh, the strengthening and the, uh, the weak, weakened muscles and things like that and the pain. So uh, it's been made a little bit more complicated for me because I've got a torn ACL in the process that I've had for many years. So that's been mm-hmm. aggravated in, in this. So, um, but yeah, so far so good. I'm pretty excited. I'm looking forward to seeing how well and how quickly I can get back to normal. So that's kind of where I'm looking at myself and thinking, okay, uh, you know, starting to do some sprinting and to see if I can get my sprint power back and when will it come back and things. And so um, I'm roaring back and hoping to be back stronger than before. Well, how has that imbalance been? Because I know you set up two separate accounts for each leg and uh, kind of to track the, the power and the progression in each. So how's that been going? Yeah, so I did that for for quite some time just to track to see how things were moving uh, or how things were improving. And I didn't manage to maintain two separate signatures, one for my left leg, one for my right leg, kind of track uh, individual breakthroughs and things like that. And so it was interesting that, you know, there was probably a good 10% on the aerobic front that was different uh, between my right and my left. Uh, and in terms of, you know, building up towards that. And I think I'm still probably there for the time being, but the difference at the top end was quite significant. So, um, you know, we're probably looking at 20% difference in the top end, but it's, you know, it has been, it has been coming back. So, um, you know, this happened in late October and, you know, by February timeframe, uh, late February, I was pretty much able to create equivalent power on the aerobic side. So kind of LTP level, I could do left and right at about the same intensity without, uh, without any trouble. So it takes a while for that to become balanced. Um, but like I said earlier, I think the, the top end peak power numbers are still quite imbalanced. And I am looking forward to bringing that back. So what you're saying is, is now is my chance. If we want to ride together and I want to kick your butt at some talent sign sprints, now's the time to do it. (laughs) If you think so. (laughs) Um, I'm still waiting for that opportunity. So, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm just going to outsmart you this time. uh, All right. Uh, That's the only way Armando can beat me in talent sign sprints. He doesn't tell me where they are. (laughs) (laughs) I don't start the sprint until I'm already 10 wheels behind, but um just a a short update uh for myself uh i mentioned in the last podcast actually that i i hadn't gotten out for a ride yet and that was uh mid to late march uh and so i'm happy to update that i finally had the chance to get outside for a couple of rides um we've had some really nice weather uh, here in southern ontario over the past couple of weeks now looks like we're going back into like that late fall kind of weather it's it's cold and damp uh, the next couple of uh, days, but uh, really been enjoying to getting back outside. Now, the other thing that I've uh, been up to is um, I've, I've actually become uh, one of the contributing authors for Pez Cycling's Toolbox articles, uh, which I think has been uh, a fun opportunity for uh, for me to continue um, really working on writing and and doing what I enjoy, and and that's. Uh, really taking the knowledge that um, that some of our researchers are doing in those research labs and and helping share those ideas with 
uh, kind of the, the more general public. A lot of people who aren't reading through those papers or don't have access to them. So um, I've really enjoyed uh, doing that so far. And, and so hopefully um, if you uh, do keep an eye out for PEZ or if you follow any of their newspapers, uh, just keep an eye out. You'll see some of um, my articles uh, in there each month, along with the, the articles that Dr. Chung writes for them. So excellent. Uh, yeah. So keep yeah, an eye out for stuff. those. Well, that was, uh, it's good to hear uh, from, from everyone. I always enjoy the little catch-ups at the beginning. Um, now, uh, I did want to get moving on to uh, the actual topic that we have for today. And uh, I, I am probably going to age you a little bit here, uh, uh, Dr. Chung, but I was hoping uh, maybe that you could uh, tell us a little bit about what was your first bike computer? Uh, what was it like? Uh, when, when did you get it? Those sorts of things. Yeah, well, if I was a true pack rat, I would probably have a whole kind of museum of both bike computers and heart rate monitors because I got into cycling in the mid 80s. So 84, 86 timeframe. And that was actually even before there was really any bike computers and uh, kind of 86 was probably about the time the first bike computers came out, which was really from CAD-Eye. They were the leaders in it. And they had, I think, a basic kind of uh, battery-powered model. And then they also had a, the CAD-Eye Solar, which I really remember, which, as implies, we had a little solar uh, panel on top, was powered that way. But, boy, they were uh, they were fun in, in a, a very uh, sarcastic sense because they had uh, all sorts of cables. So there was no such thing as wireless back then. And uh, so they either went to the front fork for your speed or else uh, to all the way down over to your back stays to, um, for cadence and then another wire to your cranks for cadence and then to the uh, further back to your rear wheel for speed, et cetera. So they were, um, they were a mess to get on. So there was a lot of cable ties and, um, and then half the time you're moving your bike, thrown in the car and they get snagged and all sorts of stuff. So really fun and games there, uh, pretty limited in terms of what it tells you, obviously, um, it was mainly speed, distance, time, um, no altitude, no elevation, nothing like that. So really those three main measures. And uh, obviously, heart rate was completely separate. So, uh, again, I my very first heart rate monitor was a the very first Polar, which was wired. So the chest strap was actually hardwired to a big, huge watch, and uh, so you had that kind of running through your jersey, and. Um, and also there was obviously nothing downloadable, no lap times, no, or no laps, no, nothing. You could just see the, the uh, heart rate in real time. And that was it. And then, uh, so yeah, those are my very first computers. I was never one of the hip kids in the, uh, late eighties, early nineties, the Avocet computer came out and that was the, uh, kind of the coolest thing on the block. It's actually something that's really missing in modern computers, which was color. They had all sorts of cool colors of every every uh, part of the rainbow, and um, so it was super tiny. I think they said it was you know twenty grams or something like this, wired to the front, uh, and all it told you was you could only see one measure at a time. It was either speed, distance, or or um, 
time and that was it so those are some of the very first coolest ones i never actually got an avocet in retrospect you know that's what kind of all the pros used and all the cool kids kind of used uh, early on they didn't use the big cat eyes and stuff and uh, yeah so that was some of my history and then most of the time heart rate monitors continued to be kind of separate most bike computers did not have heart rates through the 90s and even into the early 2000s so they were all separate and um and then it became wireless eventually some of the very first ones um but and then eventually kind of heart rate really with the ant plus system that's when heart rate kind of uh, jumped on board and was possible so that was really about the mid 2000s late 2000s that you had kind of that integration but yeah, man, I wish I I do have some of my older bike computers, but uh, most of the time it was because the cable got snagged and broken and, and uh, yeah, super annoying that way. And again, very limited information, nothing like what what we're able to get today. Mm. Awesome. Good times. Well, thanks for sharing. Fun, so there's fun, no, fun there's, times. There was no way for you to retroactively then look back at those rides either. There's no data file generated. You're not storing that anywhere. Just nope nope it was all uh yeah i think some of them at average speed and you can look at it afterwards after the ride but once you press clear then it was gone and uh yeah so um uh, and very very limited so there was all of my old training diaries it was all handwritten was uh you know speed this or average speed distance and um and that was about it. There was absolutely no logging capability. It was really, I guess, it was kind of uh, what now has become training peaks, but uh, that was probably the first athlete log kind of in the mid, mid 2000s that you could actually start to download some files and some data. Um, and yeah, so it was uh, before then, it was all written down and or else put onto a your own customized excel spreadsheet yeah I, I can relate to that because you know when i first started kind of training myself i think we talked about this in a previous episode you know i just had this old recumbent bike that was just showing data so there was no recording capability it just kind of showed you cadence showed your heart rate and lucky for me it showed power um but it wasn't recording them anywhere so I was in the same boat. I had to write everything down. You know, I did ramp tests by writing down the numbers as I was doing them, writing down cadence, heart rate, power. And um, yeah, as I mentioned before, that's what kind of initiated all of this stuff in Exert because I had had to write all this stuff down. I created, you know, my own little spreadsheets to kind of track everything. And in that process, managed to discover various, you know, patterns in the data. And so um maybe thank god i didn't have access to uh your typical recording device uh early on because you know all the stuff probably probably wouldn't have happened i would just had to rely on kind of what everyone else had relied on uh, at that point i came pretty late to this process as most people know like i hadn't uh don't have that kind of history of using bike computers the way steven has but um by I did use some interesting things by, you know, my, my first bike computer wasn't a bike computer. I, I used this thing called Digifit and you guys probably don't even know what it is, but Digifit 
was a, I think it was an OEM version of the Wahoo Physica. So Wahoo came up with this uh, iOS ant stick that you could, you, it was like a case with a stick and that you would then insert your iPhone 4 into this case and it would have an ant, ant connector to it. And um, uh, you would then be able to collect your ant data with it. And it was, it was, I think, OEM because Digifit was trying to, I guess, put together their own platform for, for this sort of thing. Um, and that was my first bike computer. It, it worked okay. You know, everything was ant back then. And that's one thing we we're going to talk about is how, you know, things are transitioning from, from ant to Bluetooth in a lot of ways uh, today. But in the past, everything was ant. So that was the only way to get access to it. So that was my very first bike computer. And then eventually purchased, I think, a Garmin, what was it, Garmin 810? I think it was my next, my next real official bike computer. Um, and then we just kind of moved on into other Garmins uh, and uh, now working with, um, you know, our EBC platforms as well. So we've got a pretty broad um, portfolio, so to speak, of, of bike computers that we're running on. Um, you know, we've done a lot of great work with Garmin. Um, and uh, now, uh, now we're on to Garmin as well. So, so yeah, that's the topic of, of today. Yeah. Uh, for those uh, who maybe haven't heard all the podcasts, we actually did uh, do a full episode really on uh, a lot of the work that we've done with Garmin. Uh, that's episode 13 of our podcast series. So if you go back and you want to uh, hear a little bit about that, uh, you, you can uh, check out the full podcast uh, there. Um, but now uh, getting into really the topic for today is, is really the, the new Exert EBC app. And uh, so I was hoping, Armando, that we could um, kind of pick your brain again a little bit here um, with, with help, helping uh, be kind of the architect and, and the vision for, for this app. Um, I was hoping you could share maybe uh, really what was the rationale for it? What, what is uh, maybe the, the short-term vision for it, the long-term vision for it? Um, do you have any comments yeah, so, so about first, that? First, first and foremost, people are going to want, want to know, what does EBC stand for? Um, well, uh, you know, EBC, um, that's, what, that's just its name. It doesn't stand for anything. It does actually stand for something, but we're not telling anybody. So it's just going to be called Exert EBC. So, uh, so don't ask me or don't ask anybody what it stands for. It doesn't stand for anything. It's just EBC. So that's the first and foremost. Um, second thing, sort of, sort of what, what's the vision for EBC? So, you know, um, you know we created, we created a, um, a way to record and do your, uh, do your workouts on Android. We had, you know, Exert Mobile. We have, you know, iOS that can do your workouts. We even had the Exert uh, workout player on uh, on Garmin, and we get a lot of people wanting more stuff on them. You know, people want us to build a whole bunch of functionality into the into the workout player for Garmin, which is kind of funny because you basically what they're asking for is they want a full bike computer platform on a bike computer platform. So not the best way to do things you know i think it would be a kind of opposite we kind of want to see our stuff integrated more into the uh, into the garmin platform directly rather than us having to build an entire platform uh um entire bike computer itself on on the uh, on the garmin so you know when we released EB ebc there's a whole chorus of people saying well we want this for the garmin well it's 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 an android app 
So, you know, going back to the purpose of VBC or what was what we're vision is, you know, it's it's a, it's an Android app. And the reason why we built it as an Android app is because we believe that it's going to open up the opportunities for us to provide options to our users. So with an EBC app, we knew that we could run on the Hammerhead unit. So we're going to talk about Exert EBC. It has been announced for Hammerhead. You can run Exert EBC on the Hammerhead device itself because it's an Android platform. If you have an existing phone that's Android-based, you can run EBC on your phone. So, so that option is available to you. You don't have to go in and invest in another bike computer. But I think what's really important is that this, this app wasn't specifically written for Wahoo. It wasn't specifically, uh, sorry, for the, uh, for the Hammerhead. It wasn't specifically written for the Karoo. Um, what's important is, is, like you said, it was created as an Android app. And so because the Hammerhead functions on that Android platform, it made, us very easy, uh, made it very easy for us to be able to offer that functionality to those users. And, and now, like you're saying, uh, any users that do have an Android device around uh, will also be able to, to utilize this, uh, the same app on those phones. Exactly. You know, and, and like I was mentioning earlier, you know, in the past, everything was Ant-based. But now pretty much everything that you buy um, is, 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 is supporting Bluetooth. And so what a lot of the, um, you don't have to worry about attaching an Ant dongle or an Ant device to your, to your Android or even to your iOS device for that matter now, because everything is coming through on Bluetooth. So we saw that as, as during another, another future is where we can enable most phones have Bluetooth on them. And so they're already capable of interfacing to the sensors that, that are available. So we just needed an app that would do that, which is, which is, which is interesting. Is having said that, you, we know that Strava recently basically pulled out all of the Bluetooth uh, sensors into their app. Uh, I'm unsure exactly what the logic was behind that. I know it aggravated a number of users that were using them to collect or to, to kind of record their data. Um, we've done the opposite. We've kind of doubled down on all, all our Bluetooth and we've worked really, really hard to make the sensor connectivity as about as solid as we can make it. So that's one of the things that is, was an important aspect of being on Android. It's a little harder to code for Android than it is for iOS. And that's because there's just way more platforms that you got to have support for different, uh, uh, different screen sizes, different performance levels, different capabilities of the units. So it creates a whole bunch of uh, challenges in that respect. But, you know, um, we worked really hard. And, you know, one of the things that you get when you start working on Android is you get this library and, uh, you know, you got this access to um, the, both the capabilities and the libraries and, and the functions that allow you to kind of build an app very, very robustly. So, some of the things, for example, that we've built into EBC under the covers, for example, is a um, complete diagnostic system. So, you know, we're collecting all this data of what's happening in your app as you're doing it. And then if there's a problem, we can send those diagnostics up to our server. So it's, there's, there's a whole bunch of underlying stuff that we've built into this. And I think a lot of this is, you know, we've got access to, so much more coding capacity and capabilities 
um, third-party plugins that we can add in to give us a whole bunch of things that you could you can't do that easily elsewhere. So so you bring all this stuff together. The other kind of converging aspects um, is now the growing availability of of other devices that can run Android, like every site, which is Android-based. Um, the Wahoo Element is Android-based, but it's a little bit older version. So, you know, we're, we're, we're looking to see what other kind of Android devices can become available that we can run on. But there's also new uh, ruggedized phones. So um, I've been testing this, this phone called, called the, the Kubot King Kong. Um, and it's great. You know, it's really, really cheap. It's really inexpensive. Tooth, obviously. Uh, GPS. Works great. You you run ABC on it. Uh, this works fantastic. So um, they're potentially run ABC on. So so we're seeing all of this stuff converging, and there's an alternative to um, all the other you know capabilities that we have out there. So you know you can run on Garmin. We love Garmin. We you know continue to think that you should you should use Exert with your Garmin all the time. But you don't have to have a Garmin now. You can now use uh, your regular phone. You can use a Hammerhead. Hammerhead's a fantastic unit, brilliant design uh, for a bike computer. So great battery life, beautiful visibility, you know, easy to interact with with your gloves on or what have you. So it's a, it really is a superb platform for a, for a bike computer. And we're on that. And so, and what I, the other thing I should mention when comes to, uh, um, to Hammerhead is not only are we integrated with our app, so you can go to their app store uh, and uh, log into Exert, uh, get it all set up, get the edit. So we've, in, we've worked together with uh, Hammerhead so that you have access to things like MPA, XSS, all those things are gonna be available on the unit itself when you're recording a ride. So it really just allows us, uh, I mean, while, yeah, I mean, I use, I use my Garmin and uh, I've, very uh, good success with it, but it just allows us to, in a sense, build a system the way we want to, and that is ultimately can be transferable to a lot more, a lot more environments. So, I mean, that's really, uh, really the basis for it too. Yeah, it's a it's a big yeah, step forward. Know. This is this is the first time that uh, uh, that exerts metrics are really available in real time. Um, on, on a device other than a Garmin. And so I think that's actually a, a really big step forward for us. Um, and it, it does open up a lot of uh, opportunities for people that, that don't currently have a Garmin or uh, might not have the funds to buy one. Um, a lot of those cheaper Android devices, uh, like you've mentioned, Armando, can be found at r- relatively reasonable costs. And so I think uh, hopefully what this does is open the door to uh, or it opens a door for many more people to be using Exert and, and getting to be familiar with our metrics. And it could be a you know a good entry level you know option for someone who's you know just getting into riding. You know they just bought a bike and they want a power meter and they want to get into training. They have their Android phone. You know they can just use their existing Android phone. Or you know they don't want to go out. They're not ready yet to invest into you know a full bike computer. They can invest. You could be an iOS user. So this is one of the things that I want to make clear. Just if you have an iOS phone, that doesn't mean that you can't run the app because you can just pick up an, an Android phone. You can you don't have to pick up a ruggedized one that we're talking about. You could pick up just a, your average you know cheap phone and use that to record your rides. It's uh 
it's there's so many options available to you if you're going to run on Android and you know um, it'll, it'll work just as well on the cheaper devices as your more expensive devices and you don't you don't need to have it on your handlebars with a uh, you know a, a, an attachment to it to allow you to kind of mount it on your bars you could even just put it in your pocket and that's what I have um, essentially I have a um, a cheap Android phone I bought uh, used and really. G- doesn't have a SIM card or any uh, anything on it, and it's really just to use it for for the EBC. Yeah. Uh, now, a lot of folks that might be newer to Exert, um, they might see our Exert uh, mobile app uh, in the in the App Store, uh, and I did just want to quickly talk about um, how essentially we will be discontinuing Exert Mobile. Um, it is essentially going to be completely replaced with Exert EBC. Um, now, one of the things that's really important, um, and, and I think you've mentioned it in the past, kind of uh, offline before, Armando, but I think kind of Exert Mobile was kind of an experiment to see, it, is this something that we could do? Like, it, could, we, could we create a, a, a bike computer on this Android device? And, and so uh, it was a bit of an experiment for us, and we had um, the ability to do workouts and stuff on it. But I think what a lot of folks, if you haven't used Exert in a while, or if you used Exert Mobile a long time ago, I think you're going to be very pleasantly surprised with the complete overhaul that's uh, and the work that's been put into Exert EBC. And I think really one of the things that we really focused on with this Exert EBC is, is above all reliability. Um, like we we wanted to make sure that we're avoiding uh, sensors dropping or or, or not reconnecting. Uh, we wanted to make sure, like first and foremost, you don't lose data. And so there's just been so much work that we've put into um, on our end, and so much testing that we've been doing um, for months, really to make sure that this is going to be a reliable uh, a reliable uh, app for people, and that they're not going to be losing data. They don't have to be worried about losing data with it. Yeah, the other, the other, uh, that's definitely one of the more important aspects that we've, 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 we've um, look, look to engineer into EBC. The other one that we're just looking to make it a lot more intuitive. So we've taken a lot of the intuitiveness that you've seen in their other apps, and we're starting to make it a lot easier to use. So one of the challenges with, with, uh, with Exert Mobile, Exert Mobile, it's called Exert Mobile, but it actually predates Exert. So we developed an app long ago before even Exert existed. Uh, uh, and it's just been an evolution of that. So there's a lot of older, um, uh, as they say in the tech industry, there's a lot of technical debt in, into this product, uh, just in terms of the way it was, def- the way it was designed. And it really needed, uh, we needed to re-platform to a newer, a newer version. So that was settings and you would be like, whoa, what does all this stuff mean? So they had a whole bunch of things that we were testing to see if it would work and how well it would work. Um, so, um, you know, we don't have that same level of experimentation in the EBC app. It's really meant to be a highly functional device, a highly effective, good performing device, um, really that can be used as a reliable bike computer to data and one that we can use with your uh, your hammerhead, or use on your Android phone, or what have you, as a good solid device for 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 collecting your data. Um, 
And so we discussed a little bit already uh, kind of some of the benefits that, that we have um, when we really opened this up uh, on the Android platform. Um, but I was uh, hoping maybe uh, you could uh, also, Armando, maybe alert people to something new that we're going to be releasing uh, very soon uh, on the uh, Exert EBC app, and then maybe some of what we're working towards uh, kind of within that relatively open Android platform. Yeah, so you know the it, the the it, the the function of EBC is actually quite quite broad. So it's it's got a lot of the goodies that you're already wanting from Exert. So there's a nice gauge. So the gauge that you're familiar with on the uh, on the on the iOS side has made it over to the EBC app. So there's a nice little MPA gauge with a fatigue gauge. Um, um, you know we've got all of the Exert metrics available there, and it has all your typical standard like computer metrics, whether that's your power, your heart rate, your cadence, your speed, uh, elevation, all the all this stuff that you'd come accustomed to. The one thing it doesn't have today um, that we are working on is kind of navigations. So mm-hmm. navigation is a pretty big area. So it's not like if you're on the Karoo, you need navigation from us, you can just use a Karoo for that. So so there's not, a, there's not an urgency the same level, but you know, it is, it's, you can configurable data fields, um, you know, we've also got some really other thing, uh, cool things like um, weather direction, right? So we're, we're collecting weather data. Um, it's, it's a connected device. We grab the weather data and we can tell you the wind direction, relative wind direction when you're riding. That's a nice little cool little thing that we've added. You can just tap on that. One thing about the, what, one thing we've used is the, the, u- the user experience on it is different. So we've incor- incorporated more color. Um, you can tap on cells, for example, to give you all the summary data. You want your max, you want your, your average. You don't have to configure them as fields on your display. They all, all are accessible within kind of single taps. So we've taken a little bit of a different paradigm than your typical bike computer and leveraged the, the flexibility and the capabilities of Android to do that. Um, yeah, and we've even gone so far as to implement the, the, the Garmin Barrier Radar. So, so on the uh, Hammerhead, which supports Ant. So this is an only, only an Ant-based feature at the moment. So your phone will have to support Ant. Uh, not a, it's not Bluetooth yet, um, uh, uh, at least not initially. Um, where current version does support Varia Radar on Ant. So you'll get a nice little cool, we think it's kind of cool. Yeah, if you use the, if you use the, the the radar unit with our uh, with our app, you'll see it, it kind of uh, has a nice little animation stuff that goes on there. So do check that out. It's it's pretty cool, but it's on Ant. Um, but we're well, also working well, with. Well, let's just clarify what is the Varia radar for people who aren't don't use Garmin. Oh yeah, so the Varia radar is, is this cool little device that you attach to the back of your uh, your your bike, and it'll give you notifications of when cars are approaching. So it's a nice little, um, so as the cars approach, you can then see them as they're approaching on your screen. You get notified, uh, you get little sounds that will they'll be played. Uh, you'll get this little panel that opens up. In our case, it animates. It's a nice little animation happening as the panel opens up and you see the cars approaching. Um, the other thing that we've done is we, we're, we're, we, we manage the brightness level. So if you happen to turn the brightness down on your unit to conserve battery, when the units approach, the, uh, the cars approach, the, uh, the, the actual brightness goes up. It's actually really effective. I find that probably the most, the most 
effective way of getting notified isn't so much the looking at the actual uh, uh, panel or the side panel of where the cars are, but the actual brightness changes that kind of catches your eye. Oh, okay, there's a car approaching, which is kind of kind of convenient and 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 unique, I think, in terms of how we've implemented that. Um, but it's a very it's a safety unit. It's a safety feature. It's a nice feature yeah. to you to have, especially if you're in the city or you're out in the country and you're not always aware of when cars are approaching. I think it's. Um, I know a lot of people that have it say they kind of really really want to have that. So we thought it was an important feature to add to uh, ABC is is the Varia support. Yeah, I think uh, uh, after having ridden with it a couple times this year, uh, I I did end up just getting one kind of over the winter months and uh, having ridden with it now a couple of times uh, this spring, I it is uh, really something that I find valuable. Uh, I, I kind of call it an extra uh, set of eyes on the back of my head, just um, especially out where I ride, it, it's more out in the country. So a lot of the roads that I ride are generally quieter, not a lot of traffic. And so, um, especially when I'm zoning out or like exploring new roads, looking around, I'm not really always looking back over my shoulder. And so it's nice to have, um, that little notification, um, uh, pop up that says, Hey, there's somebody coming behind and at least grabs your attention and lets you know, uh, that there's drivers nearby. So, uh, I'm really happy to have uh, that functionality now part of EBC because I think that's something that a lot of our users have found really important as well is that um, they've now used the very radar and, and that's something that they find uh, a valuable safety tool. And yeah. so I think it was really important that we did get that added. Yeah. And so in sort of, and to, to, to make sure that we satisfy the, the, the non-hammerhead users, the non-ant-based users, um, we are working with the folks at uh, North Pole Engineering. So they they have this thing called a cable. I know a lot of our users are using them for, for trainers and things like that. But the cable is basically an ant to Bluetooth bridge. So we're working closely with them to bring the radar capability to phones that don't have ant support. So look for that update soon. Like we're testing, actively testing it now. Um, and it should be hopefully available fairly soon where if you, if you don't have, uh, if you just want to run, uh, your phone as your bike computer and you're using the EBC app, you just need, just need to pick up one of these little radar devices, uh, and then you'll have access to your, uh, the radar that's coming, uh, the radar that, that you have on your bike. Yeah. Um, so that'll be super neat, uh, especially for folks that might not have, um, perhaps, um, uh, uh, Ant Plus natively available on their device. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did want to kind of keep things moving here. And so I was thinking uh, maybe, Stephen, if you could chime in uh, perhaps on where you can see uh, some of the data or, or the, the kind of the future of head units, where could you see this going, um, especially like when you apply this perhaps to professional racing? So whether that's uh, director sportifs being able to to access some of this data real time, um, perhaps commentators like where where would where could you see something um, or some of these benefits uh, really coming uh, true in in those situations? Yeah, well, I mean, it really opens up the possibility for kind of MPA analysis in real time, and I know um, you know GCN Plus and others have a lot of great kind of post-race analysis on you know what happened and why and a lot of it is reverse engineering oh like you know 
why wasn't this person able to attack here or there? Or, you know, when this guy looked really rough, you know, was he, he or she bluffing or was there, was, were they really in trouble? And, uh, you know, so a lot of it is kind of, again, reverse engineering and thinking through what was happening to that rider in real time. But especially with being on an Android system, whether it's by, by an Android phone or, or in uh, integrate into an Android based bike computer is that, you know, eventually you can actually transmit the data in real time. And uh, you, know, you see some of that now in, in uh, kind of broadcasts where you have one rider and you see their speed and their heart rate and sometimes their power. And, uh, but usually it's only just you know, one or very, very few riders. And, you know, it's more, it doesn't place it in the context, right? You see this rider on this hill is at, you know, riding at 350 watts or 400 watts. Most readers have, or viewers have no idea, you know, what does that mean, especially for people who aren't necessarily cyclists themselves. I mean, we kind of know and can figure out, okay, you know, 350 watts is going to feel roughly like this, given our own experiences. But for the actual typical kind of viewer, especially if we want to bring in new viewers, they have no idea of that. But the beauty of it is that with MPA, uh, especially if you're able to transmit that in real time, whether to a commentator and you can match, okay, they were riding at 350 watts, but you know their MPA is really, really low. They are super fatigued and they're this close to getting popped from the breakaway or from the attack. That means a lot more. And you can actually see, just like when we have looked at at a race data after the fact, you can see, oh yeah, you know, this rider, they were really, really close to getting popped here. You know, again, we're looking at it and putting it through our exert system after the fact when the riders make their data available. But imagine being able to see that in real time, whether as a, uh, as a fan watching on the couch, whether as a commentator to add depth to your analysis or, you know, potentially, even if you don't want to do that, even if you want to close it off and just within your team so that your director sportif knows, you know, are you really, really gassed at this stage? Can you put in attack? And, you know, it could be the case that your director sportif in the car can see all of your team's uh, data at the same time, even if it's just the main gauge or the MPA and can see, okay, you know, this is the best way to deploy rider X at this time because, you know, they're still fresh or, you know, this rider Y is really, really gassed at this time. He needs to sit back and he needs to rest for a few kilometers before pulling again. So there's lots and lots of pop possibilities with, uh, with potential to kind of see MPA in real time for a team whether in training or in uh, time trials or in team time trials and also kind of during a race, but also again for the casual fan. And I think that has potential to draw in a lot more casual viewers, again, who may not have any clue what 400 watts means. But, you know, when they see an MPA line and they know that's their fatigue and that's dropping, you know, that makes much more intuitive sense. So, so that's, you know, that's such an important point. And that's really, 
you know, an underlying capability that for those that are using EBC, they're already using it with our new sessions features. So, you know, we're going to get into sessions in a later podcast, but what, what we have with this platform is we, it's not just a matter of showing you your data. This data is now collected and it's available in other contexts. It's, other, it's available for other purposes, whether that's a director sportif like you're describing or showing the data in a race situation, but it's also can be to, you know, for group rides, like we're, like we're, uh, like we're using for our sessions. So when you're doing an, ind- an indoor workout, you want to share that data with other people. Well, how does that data get shared? Well, we're sharing it through EBC. EBC is collecting that data, showing it to you. It's also transmitting that data over the network. So this Android device is, is tethered now to the network. And if it's tethered, what do we want to do with the data? How can we apply this data in useful and, in, and interesting ways? So we're already doing that. So we're doing that today through sessions. So people can share their data, can watch other people's data. But we've also embedded things like what we call head-to-head mode. A head-to-head mode is on the bike unit itself where you can swipe over. And if you're riding with other people in your session, you can tap on them and see their data as well as yours. So we see that as being kind of a unique and interesting aspect of riding that people would like to have. I know I would. I'm riding with you, Scott. You know, what are you putting out? What am I putting out? How are we, you know, what's my arrow? Am I more arrow than you? Or are you stronger than me? How much arrow benefit am I getting from you? All those things are really cool. And with, with me having access to your data, this becomes something that we can do. Yeah, and in, and in fact, actually speaking of that, I, I was just actually using head-to-head mode uh, a little bit earlier this morning. Uh, we had uh, one of our breakthrough sessions. So we had uh, a, a bunch of folks uh, come and join me today on, on a ride. And um, I was actually able to see some of my squad mates' data. Uh, so I could swipe over and I could see their data and I could see how close they were to the breakthrough versus me. And so uh, I think even... Maybe if you're not outside and directly racing, I think even indoors, it, it gives you that little extra motivation. Like, hey, I, I, I can't let them beat me. Now I got to keep going. Like, I, I can't let up these last couple of intervals. I got to keep going. I got to get a bigger breakthrough. And, and so I think it provides uh, also even indoors just a little bit of uh, 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 an extra boost or uh, extra motivation. You know, and, and I think those are, you know, we see aspects of kind of group information in things like live track from Garmin. But I think, you know, this is where the, uh, the availability of data coming from different riders, uh, whether it's their location, it's their power data, or whether it's, you know, uh, sharing a, a, a change to the, to the route that you're going to follow. You know, like we see a whole bunch of things that could happen when everyone's talking to each other via their head unit. And so, so that's the other vision we have for this. It's not just standalone, the disconnected unit that just showing you your data. I think that's nice, but we're, we're, we want to take this to the next step. We want to be able to not only show you your data, but make that data available to others uh, and use that data in interesting and, and valuable ways. Use the fact that we're, we have connectivity to the internet to, to do things that you don't typically currently do on your phone. I'll give you another example that we're working on today, which was uh, um, weather radar. You know, we, a lot of people ride in uh, weather that's hard to predict. Uh, wouldn't it be great 
to kind of open up, slide a panel on your on your on your device to kind of see where they're where it's raining and try maybe route around that. So these are things that we should be able to do, right? We have access to all this information. We shouldn't have to reach into your back pocket and you know open up your your phone, your iOS, your iPhone, or your Android and open up some weather radar map to be able to do that while you're riding. That's really inconvenient, right? We have this capability right in front of us. Just swipe over, or tap, and then see where, where what's happening, and then make a decision there. So, so that's there. Are, that's part of our vision is the connectivity features of of the unit and, and leveraging that to to make the experience better for for all cyclists. Yeah, um, I I think that's a really good kind of wrapping up point for what we've uh, already discussed today. Uh, there is uh, one more thing that I, I very briefly wanted to get to and. Uh, we probably have a lot of iOS users uh, in our user base right now that are kind of curious about uh, what about iOS and, and is that going to be updated? Uh, that would so include the, me. <laughs> and, well, and definitely. So the, yeah. Yeah. So so de- yeah. Definitely the, the iOS sh- is, is, is on, our, on our radar, weather radar, Garmin <laughs> radar, <laughs> however you want to call it radar. It's on our, a lot of radars. Let's put it that way. So um yeah, I do expect to see some updates coming to the iOS app. You know, we want to obviously improve the experience when it comes to using sessions. So there will mm-hmm. be some improvements there. It does currently work perfectly well with sessions, but we think we can improve that. Um, as well, I think we can turn it more into an, uh, an outdoor recording device. So uh, expect to see some of the new features uh, on that unit for, so that you can record things like GPS and and have that uh, you're not having to do a workout in currently in this current format. So these are some of the things that we're, we'll be working on and bringing. So it won't necessarily have parity to the Android. The Android is really meant to run as a something you put on your handlebars and you run as your bike computer. You could do that with your iOS uh, iOS phone, but we certainly see maybe there might might be a little bit of a different twist to how you would use your your iPhone versus your typical um, bike computer. Um, so, and it, so we're thinking we're thinking along those lines. So there might be some subtle differences, uh, or maybe even some important differences um, if we leverage things a little bit differently on the on the iPhone. So, so do look for those updates uh, coming. Uh, I wish I could promise you when and how big and how many features they'll have, but um, just just know that uh, those are those things are important to us. Yeah, exactly. Um, Now, uh, I think we're going to get to this in a a future upcoming podcast, uh, but uh, really the last little uh, tidbit that I want to leave with everybody um, is uh, part of the idea of really updating this Exert EBC app uh, is really to help uh, run our brand new Exert sessions, uh, which are essentially, uh, at this point, they are Uh, exert group workouts that are done indoors. Um, The idea is that these will be eventually expanded uh, and allow users to to do perhaps outdoor sessions uh, where you're following a route. But um, we're going to see how those features are going to tie in in an upcoming podcast. Yeah, but uh, in the the meantime, I guess we should just advertise we are the official kind of virtual provider or the virtual system for the famous Paris Ancaster race, which is coming up uh, 
April 24th, but it's virtual this year. And so part of it is on Saturday, April 24th, we are running a race simulation of Paris Ancaster, including kind of video of the past Paris Ancaster using exert sessions. So again, we'll talk about it more in a sessions, more in a detailed workshop or a podcast. But in the meantime, if you want to get an idea of what sessions is, check it out on the on the app and you either need an exert ios uh app or else the ebc app to to run it with your smart trainer and uh it's open to all exert users so check it out it's going to be an intense uh effort we've run it a few times before kind of as uh as we were testing out the whole kind of sessions concept and and uh it's it's incredibly realistic and I've done the Paris Ancaster many times, including the very second uh, edition in 1995. And I can vouch that it's it's pretty similar to the real thing in terms of the uh, demands and the intensity. It hurts just as bad. <laughs> and yeah, and you feel like you're 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 spent at about the same point in the ride, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah, but yeah, check it out. You know, go to the session stuff. Um, I know we're going to cover, like we're saying, we're going to cover sessions more in detail, but uh, just preemptive, preemptively, I guess, if you want to kind of have a look at the session stuff, there's a, uh, you'll notice a little orange icon on your menu, um, on the side panel menu on the on the web app, and you can open up that orange uh, orange icon and uh, and check out the sessions that are there. Scroll down and you'll see there's the Paris to Ancaster and Feel free to join in and participate. It looks like we're going to have a pretty good turnout too. So it uh, should be fun to see where you, where you end up uh, amongst all the people that will be there. So, so uh, yeah, be sure to check that out. Yeah, I think we're closing in on uh, closing in on a hundred users. So should be a should be a nice action packed uh, event. I'm excited for it. But. Um, I think definitely. I I think that's uh, everything that we have for this podcast, and I think we're getting close to our time limit here, anyways. So uh, I did want to say uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate the continued uh, interest in these podcasts, and uh, we're excited to kind of keep the discussion open and and kind of keep a lot of our Exert users that tune into these uh, uh, up to date with what we've been working on. So uh, thank you all for tuning in today, and and thank you, Dr. Chung and Armando, for joining me. Great. Yeah. Have a great Thanks, day, everyone. Thanks, yep. Have a good day. Bye. Goodbye.